This is Ringler Radio, where you get all the latest news and information about structured settlements from Ringler Associates, the first name in structured settlements, helping injured people and their families since 1975. Ringler Radio is made possible in part by Allstate, American General, The Hartford, John Hancock, Liberty Mutual, MetLife, Mutual of Omaha, New York Life, Pacific Life, and Prudential. Now join Ringler Radio host Larry Cohen. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Ringler Radio. I'm Larry Cohen, head of Ringler Associates Northeast Operations, and we're certainly glad you could join us today. Well, I know we're all familiar with the massive BP oil spill and the Deepwater Horizon explosion about 50 miles from Louisiana's coastal wetlands that occurred uh, a few years ago. That explosion and fire on the oil rig killed 11 workers and injured 17 others, and the oil spill that followed is the largest in U.S. history, creating an environmental and economic disaster affecting the entire Gulf Coast region. Well, on March 2nd, a very interesting thing occurred uh, when BP agreed to settle the class action of certain oil spill-related claims with the Plaintiff Steering Committee, representing the interests of individuals and businesses throughout the region. Today on Ringler Radio, in light of the recent settlement, we're going to discuss the various aspects of that settlement, including the important major changes in how claims will now be administered and uh, in this new uh, process that we're going to talk about. And to help us do that, my co-host today is going to be Bob Caples. Bob is our uh, Ringler Associate in Houston, Texas. He manages that office and has over 15 years' experience in the structured settlement industry, and I'm certainly happy to have him as our co-host today. Welcome, Bob. Larry, thanks for having me back. I appreciate it. Uh, looking forward to it. It's a pleasure to have you. And joining me today, and joining us today, rather, to uh, discuss this very important topic is Ron Jones from the Beasley Allen Law Firm in Montgomery, Alabama. Ron is one of the 15 attorneys chosen for the Plaintiff Steering Committee in the multi-district litigation related to the BP oil spill. And uh, that multi-district litigation is uh, filed in Louisiana, and Beasley Allen currently represents approximately 1,000 businesses and individuals harmed by the disaster. And uh, you're very involved in this, Ron. Welcome to the show. Uh, thank you very much. Glad to be here. Well, Ron, uh, before we discuss uh, the recent settlement, you know, you've been integrally involved in the litigation. Give us a little history. Uh, in 2010, BP established a $20 billion fund, which was called the Gulf Coast Claims Facility, to uh, review claims and provide uh, compensation. And it was managed by uh, Ken Feinberg. Tell us about that fund, how it was working, and what some of its problems were. What kind of led to uh, up to this uh, recent settlement? And Tell us about that. Yes, I think that uh, the Ken Feinberg-led fund was um, probably doing the best that it could do under the circumstances. Um, you know, the way I look at it is it, it it probably did the best it could with the with the hand that it was dealt, so to speak. Mm -hmm. uh, they they definitely had their share of difficulties and criticism, but um, I think on the whole, they, they were doing the best they could. They just had a difficult situation to manage, and hopefully, uh, the settlement, which is. Uh, you know, as of now, is in principle, and we hope that it will be reduced to uh, a final uh, version very soon. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we think it's a big victory for Gulf Coast workers, businesses, families. Um, we think it's going to provide uh, 
uh, more transparency uh, than there was before. Uh, we think it's uh, people are going to have confidence in it because it's court supervised. So, you know, I think it was uh, the, the court and all the lawyers working on the case uh, did, I think, an admirable job of moving it forward quickly. You know, because keep in mind, we're still uh, less than uh, two years uh, from from the date of this disaster. Right. So, to, to move it forward this quickly, when you compare it with an Exxon Valdez or, or other situations like that, I think is is, is truly remarkable. Well, Ron, uh, I think our listeners would benefit if you could kind of help paint a picture picture for us. Um, can you give us some specifics on how the spill affected the Gulf Coast region and? maybe include how these same people are going to be helped through this proposed settlement? Sure. I think that um, uh, if you're familiar with the Gulf Coast, and even if you're not, um, there are many businesses uh, and and individuals there that are um, literally dependent upon uh, the Gulf Coast, the Gulf of Mexico, for, for their way of life. Now, that could be uh, something as simple as someone who... Um, uh, has a catch of fish or shrimp, and they actually uh, use uh, what, what we call subsistence. They use those resources to to eat, to barter, to trade with. You know, that's that's their way of life. Up through um, uh, tourism businesses that really can't function um, without uh, tourists coming to the Gulf Coast, um, and then of course you have the seafood harvesting industry. Um, which, you know, whether it be shrimp or fin fish or oysters, uh, you know, uh, crab, what have you, um, they uh, need a healthy Gulf of Mexico, uh, you know, for, for their ability to make a living. And, of course, that seafood, Gulf seafood goes from, you know, the Gulf uh, through the harvester. It has to be uh, processed and uh, made ready for uh, sale in restaurants and other retail establishments. So, you know, it's it certainly uh, the, 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 if, if if tourists are not there in, in in regular numbers, and if the Gulf is not healthy from from an ecological or from a from a species point of view, you know that that makes things very difficult for those uh, people that I just mentioned. Well, you know, uh, Ron, in this new settlement, it looks like there's going to be three basic groups of individuals or claimants that are going to be able to now seek some recovery. And uh, I know some of these folks had some problems in trying to recover against the uh, the uh, Gulf Fund that was set up a couple of years ago. Tell us about uh, the three groups. Uh, and those three groups are economic loss groups, which are the individuals and businesses that suffered from the oil spill. Then the medical benefits group, which are the uh, cleanup workers and residents which suffered uh, acute or chronic illnesses from the exposure. And then, of course, property owners and lessees of waterfront properties that uh, are now going to be eligible for compensation. So if you want to take them one at a time, why don't you talk about the, uh, the economic loss, the, the businesses that suffered from uh, the uh, spill? How are they going to be compensated now potentially differently in the fund under the settlement than they would have been under the uh, Feinberg uh, deal? Okay. Well, let's, let's go through the basic categories that at least I believe fall under the economic loss. And okay. There are six six basic categories there under this. You know, you, you had it exactly right. You've got your economic and property uh, class uh, settlement, and then you've got your medical class settlement. So under the economic and property, I look uh, at six areas. First, 
um, you know, an individual or business that had an economic loss. That could be a business, a restaurant, a hotel. Uh, it could be an individual who had uh, wage loss. Uh, you know, it could, could be any category under that. Mm-hmm. And then second, second, you've got uh, damage to actual waterfront property on the beachfront or wetland areas. In other words, if if uh, during the cleanup operation or during the spill, you actually your property was actually damaged in some way, then you're eligible for compensation. Third is if you have a coastal property, and this is one of the areas that was not uh, something that was covered under the previous fund. If you're if you're on the coast uh, and you have uh, uh, you know, you, it stands to reason you, you were able to use your, your property less in 2010 during the spill than you would have been previous to it. So there will be a formula in place that will uh, provide compensation for those property owners who were unable to use their property or unable to use it as, as they would have in 2010. And again, um, you know, that's it's, it's really a loss of use and enjoyment Um but, but again, it's based on the property ownership and something that was not available under the Feinberg Fund. Um, there's, there's fourth, there's loss of subsistence use, which we talked about earlier. Um, you know, there's, there's a great number of people uh, along the coast who uh, have uh, been involved in, a, in a either commercial or, or, or fisherman lifestyle, um, and they normally will either hold back part of their catch you know, in other words, they, they use that food to, to survive. You know, that's what sure. they, they actually used to eat and, and, and exist. So those claims are now eligible for compensation. And there may have been a few of those that were paid uh, under the fund, but there really wasn't any, uh, no volume to it at all. And there really wasn't a framework that everyone found acceptable. So uh, we think that's another big victory in, in this settlement. Um there's fifth, there's the Vessels of Opportunity Charter Claims, and, and those have been uh, much discussed uh, on mm-hmm. the Gulf Coast. Uh, people who uh, allowed their, not allowed, but who contracted for their vessel to be chartered uh, for use by BP or cleanup uh, during the time period, uh, they have a formula now that allows them uh, compensation. And then finally, uh, number six, the, the seafood harvesting we touched on earlier. Um, this would include uh, essentially everyone, deckhands, captains, vessel owners, everyone in the harvesting business uh, with, with the Gulf species, which is, which is primarily your shrimp, uh, oyster, uh, crab, and finfish. So those are six uh, broad areas um, that, that are covered. Um, you know, I believe that the uh, formula and the methods uh, the the multipliers the different the different things that go into uh, achieving a final number for uh, these types of claims that I just listed um, I believe that it will be better than anything that was being done under the Feinberg Fund again uh, I think they did the best they could do mm-hmm. with with what they had to work with well let me um, let me now, let me clarify. Well, let, let me one thing, Ron. Let me clarify when you mentioned the coastal property claims. You're talking about both individual homeowners who lost the use of their property, the enjoyment of their property. You're also talking about businesses like motels and 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 other entities that lost business because of the Gulf. It, both both of those types are going to be compensated under this new uh, new settlement. Is that right? 
that's correct. And when I think of the loss of use and enjoyment, this is not the only category that would fall under it. But of course, I generally think of someone who owned, let's just say you were in a, a condominium unit uh, that was beachfront or you owned a piece of property, uh, uh, you know, a home or a rental unit, what have you. Um, and if you own that property and it's on the coast uh, and, and you, you know, then you are eligible to participate in the formula for the payment for loss of use and enjoyment of that property. Now, as well, um, if you have a, uh, a business entity that's, that's on the beach as well, could be a, uh, a souvenir shop, could be a restaurant, um, of course, those properties are also eligible. Well, not those properties, those businesses, rather, are also eligible to be compensated for their loss in revenue uh, per our new uh, formula that will be part of the, the class settlement, which I think is is a better formula than uh, what had been used before in the in the fund. Let's talk about another very important part of the settlement, and that's the medical benefits side uh, of of the equation. Uh, tell us about how the medic how the medical needs of some of these folks who have been uh, exposed to some of these you know toxins are going to be able to be compensated in this fund, whereas they may not have been in the Feinberg fund. Right. Um, uh, briefly, uh, you have three categories of individuals that will be in the medical benefits uh, settlement class. You've got your uh, cleanup workers, uh, and then you have uh, what we call Zone A residents and Zone B residents. And cleanup workers are kind of obvious. Those are people who were working uh, in the cleanup uh, during, the, during the time, uh, uh-huh. primarily uh, during 2010, late of December 2010. And then your zone A, without getting into too great a detail, um, those are generally people who reside within uh, one half mile of the, of the of a beach, you know, a coastal area that was being cleaned up uh-huh. uh, for at least sixty days. Uh, and then zone B uh, moves to approximately one mile uh, for at least sixty days. And again, the, the time period is primarily uh, post bill through through. Uh, the end of uh, 2010, um, and and there are you know certain areas that were that were um, uh, oiled, and and so you know without going into the, the detail of every uh, you know single part of that zone, that's right. that's what you're talking about, and you you're, you're trying to the idea is you're trying to cover the people that would have been exposed through cleanup or through uh, no fault of their own, just where they they resided or where they were. Uh, for for a period of time after the spill. And what type of medical conditions are you contemplating that they're going to be compensated for? What types of things? Well, there, uh, let's start with just the idea of what the what what the what the benefits are. Um, there there is going to be creation of a compensation compensation program rather for specified physical conditions. Uh, there's going to be a uh, another program. It's a periodic medical consultation program, which I think is very important. Um, there is a provision for those people who may have a later manifested condition, which you know is not obviously not apparent now. Um, and then there's going to be create the creation of a Gulf Region Health Outreach Program. So, you know, I, I personally believe that the, the medical benefit settlement is is just as important as any economic part of this. Uh, settlement because you're going to be taking, um, you know, certain conditions that you would see, uh, whether they be uh, acute, you know, that is conditions that are that are short-term and don't exist now, uh, or chronic, 
that are that are you know those that are still existing. Um, and you're going to have I, you know I don't want to go through every one of them, but I mean you know respiratory, uh, eye skin irritation, sure. uh, neurophysiological. You know you're going to have a lot of things that are going to fall under that. Uh, the idea being that um, if you have a if you have a problem that is um, uh, that is either no longer uh, uh, there or if it is there and it can be quantified, for lack of a better word, uh, then then those people would have the option of participating. And then if there's a uh, you know something that manifests itself later, uh, you're not losing anything in that regard. If if you are, are unfortunate and have some later manifestation. Uh, you know there are provisions for that, and I'm I'm really proud of the medical consultation program and the Gulf Region Health out, Outreach Program. You know, obviously those are things that are going to be developed uh, and and have more impact over time. But um, I think the idea that there's a there's a way for uh, people to be uh, have have consultations over time uh, is is pretty important. Ron, those are. Some uh, everything you just said is clearly uh, informational for us. I mean, there's some huge developments coming from that settlement. Thank you for explaining it so well. Um, and we all know that so many thousands of people have been affected by this uh, disaster. And, uh, and sometimes it's hard to kind of appreciate or personalize what really does happen to some of these folks. And we were wondering if maybe you could share with us a a real life story of someone who was impacted from the from this disaster and, and where they are today. Well, you know, uh, always we have uh, whether they're our clients or not. There's so many people that are impacted, and, and let me just say, this is you, you bring up a good point. This this case, this whole process, it's it's not about it's not about lawyers. It's it's not about me. It's not about any firm. It's about the people who have been impacted. Um, they are the ones who, who this case is about. They're the ones who deserve the compensation. And to mention one, I'm scared I would, I would, you know, leave thousands out. But I, I can say that um, having been down on the coast a, a great deal, having looked a lot of these people in the eye and talked with them at length, um, you know, you just have individuals and businesses, uh, whether they be seafood or tourism or some other type of business who, um, you know, th- this was a this was a real devastating event. Um, you know, uh, a lot of them uh, were able to uh, uh, withstand the, the punch, so to speak, um, and and they had some they had some crisis times, but either through the GCCF fund, through some interim payment, um, uh, or through what we're uh, hopefully about to uh, provide for them through this class settlement, then they're going to be able to make it. Uh, there are. Lots of businesses, though, that were um, that have failed. Uh, there are lots of startups that were, um, you know, just crushed. And um, we're going to try and provide some uh, compensation for those businesses. Also, I realize that, that you know when you get into failed failed businesses and startups, it's a little more difficult. But um, you know, there were so many individuals and so many businesses who just, you know, this was just like a, a that they 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 really were were felt like uh, with previous issues on the Gulf, whether it be Katrina or other other issues, they were they were really just starting to trend up again. You know, with with the economy and all the other the other issues that may be out there, they were trending up uh, right about the time you know the the spill hit. And so, 
the timing of it was devastating. You know, many, many of these businesses um, on the Gulf Coast really, you know, their 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 season will start uh, somewhere around spring break or Memorial Day, and it will it will be uh, you know pretty heavy through uh, Labor Day, and so um, the timing was just you know terrible. Um, they, they they were hit during the the time of year when they really make the vast majority of their income. So, um, you know, thank goodness uh, uh, many of the businesses were able to withstand it. Uh, they may have had to do some things to get by as far as their financing or what have you, but um, we, we were thankful for those that have survived, and hopefully they can uh, go through this process and then thrive again. Um, you know, there are many individuals who who either had to uh, pick up and move to another part of the country sure. or had to had to change professions or had to, you know, be laid off. And, and, and of course, individuals that are going to be compensated through this process are a very important part of it also. You know, there are just so many. I probably couldn't name any one. But sure. the, the, the hurt for these people was so real. And, um, you know, and I haven't even really touched on the seafood industry when you have a way of life that that is uh, commonly multi-generational um, and you have three, four, fifth, sixth generation fishermen um, and then they have a year, uh, uh, at least a year, where, where where there's absolute chaos and uncertainty. And, you know, and we're still even, even facing today. Um, you know, we, uh, we're hoping for the best and... Um, uh, we, we, we want everything to be back in order, but for the seafood harvesting industry, you know, there, there are questions that remain and, and hopefully this process will be fair and transparent, uh, for those people. I believe it will, but you know, it's just the, the impact. Um, I know there's a tendency for, um, you know, for us to be on a 24 or 48 hour news cycle, it seems like, but, um, even though this is coming up on two years, um, you know, the impact is, is, is absolutely still there. Well, you know, it's, it's funny, uh, Ron. I can imagine the people living on that Gulf Coast have to be wondering what the heck have they done to deserve what they've got the last few years between Katrina and this. It's, uh, it's, it's just terrible for the folks down there. And I guess the other issue that we face with this new settlement is that I'm assuming that there were quite a few folks who were in the midst of dealing with the Feinberg Fund and maybe getting settlements or agreeing on dollars, and now that essentially gets shut down. How is it going to work for someone who is involved with the Feinberg Fund to try to get their money, and now all of a sudden they're going to be shifting, if this is approved, over to a new fund? What happens to those people? Are they going to get a percentage of their money? How does that work? Well, I'm glad you brought that up because I did want to clarify some things on that. Um, the, the, no, no one, first off, no one is going to have to start over. Um, if, if the, the transition process is ongoing as we speak, and there will be uh, a new administrator, uh, obviously, who's already been named, Pat Juno, who's a, a well-respected lawyer here in, in Louisiana, um, and I think he'll do a fabulous job. Uh, Lynn Greer, or Brown Greer, is still working uh, uh, on the uh, claims administration end, so the, the records that have been submitted, the things that are still there are, are absolutely still there. Um, if someone had uh, a uh, final offer that was pending, um, 
you know, they're not going to be left out in the cold. Um, they're going to be able to, to accept 60% of that offer as an interim payment um, with no strings attached. And then they'll, you know, if they, it will depend on whether they would ultimately be a class member or not. But um, they will, they will essentially, and I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing a little sure. bit here, have the option to take that remaining 40%, um, you know, as the remainder of, of their final payment and, so, and, and sign a release or, and this is important for those class members who want to take advantage. They'll have the opportunity to see um, what our new formulas, which, again, I think are, are better than what was being used before, they'll have the option to look at that and see if that's greater than the remaining 40%. And, and if it is greater, they'll be able to take that. Um, of course, at the, very, you know, at the very end of the process, I mean, you have to, you have to subtract out what you've already been paid. Uh, when you're talking about uh, calculating your your total or final loss, but um, again, I believe our formula is going to be much much more beneficial. And as it becomes final and public, I think the businesses are going to be ecstatic uh, about the the manner in which they're going to be able to calculate their loss compared to uh, how it was being calculated under the fund. So, you know, essentially, there really is no change. Um, they, they're really getting the best of both worlds. The, the process will continue. Uh, into transition, and if people, uh, even if you want to submit claims now uh, and operate under the GCCF uh, rules, uh, uh, I believe you still have that uh, option. Um, and then when the claim center is operational and in that the, the settlement is finalized and, uh, uh, you know, sort of thing, then they'll, they'll be able to uh, operate under the new rules. So I really don't, you know, I'm, I'm struggling to think of a situation where there's, where there's any uh, or bad situation for an existing claimant. Very good. And I, it sounds to me like Pat Juno is going to have quite a job ahead of him uh, entertaining uh, the specifics or the proof that are going to, that's going to be provided by all these various businesses and entities. Uh, it's a big, big job. Huge job. I, it is a huge job, but let me tell you a couple of I think that this process is going to be better received uh, and, and, and less criticized than the previous process. Um, the, the, the formula, the manner in which payments are going to be made uh, are going to be completely transparent, and everybody who submits a claim is going to know up front uh, how the claim was calculated. Um, there's not going to be any issues of it being calculated one way in one claims office and one way in another. Mm -hmm. uh, the formula will be out there. There will be transparency. Um, this process, uh, again, with, with no disrespect to the Feinberg Fund, uh, you know, this process will be working under under uh, court supervision of a federal district judge. Um, the, the, the parties and the claims administrator will be reporting regularly. Uh, the claims facility will now uh, kind of gravitate to the coast. Um, it will be headquartered in New Orleans with another office in Hammond. Uh, there will be call centers and other offices that will be uh, along the coast. This will now be a truly coastal uh, situation. There will not be any, you know, uh, Midwest or Northeast uh, uh, operations. This this will be a truly coastal operation, and, and I agree with you. It will be a big job. But I think when 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 people are aware of what the rules are, so to speak, um, they may not agree with every one of them. But I think they're going to respect the fact that they're out there. Uh, and it's going to give people, uh, you know, the ability to make a clear choice. Very good. Well, let's take a quick break right now and be back in just a minute with more on Ringler Radio. We'll be right back. 
can listen to all the Ringler Radio shows. Just go to ringlerassociates.com or legaltalknetwork.com and click on Ringler Radio and choose from almost 200 topics. There's a Ringler Associate in all the major cities of the U.S. No one has more experience than a Ringler Associate. Check out our new website at www.ringlerassociates.com for the best information for claimants, legal professionals, and claims personnel, and to find the Ringler Associate nearest you. We invite you to listen to our other shows on the Legal Talk Network. It's free at www.legaltalknetwork.com. Someone's at the door. Don't answer it. Why not? I'm listening to Legal Talk Network podcasts to get my CLE credit in West Legal Ed Center. Oh, I need to do that too. Where do I find them? It's easy. Just go to LegalTalkNetwork.com and pick a program for CLE, click on it, and start listening. Or go to WestLegalEdCenter.com and choose from any of the Legal Talk Network programs available for CLE. Perfect. I'll do that right now. Think you might like to have us create your own podcast on LegalTalkNetwork.com? Go to the website and send us an email. Or just give us a call at 781-551-9960. It's the best move you'll make in legal marketing. You never have enough friends or followers, right? Check out Legal Talk Network on Facebook and Twitter, LinkedIn too. Welcome back to Ringler Radio. Glad you could join us. I'm joined by my co-host Bob Caples from our Houston Ringler office and attorney Ron Jones from the Beasley Allen Law Firm in Montgomery, Alabama. You know, uh, Ron, according to... uh, the settlement that we've been talking about, there's another element not so much associated with what happened in March, on March 2nd, but there's a whole area of the environmental cleanup, the the clean water that the U.S. government is pursuing. And one of the issues there was that usually when, when penalties and funds are, are given to the government, they're not allocated to specific states. But I understand that the Senate recently passed legislation that says that I think at least 80% of what's ever collected in penalties from BP are going to go going to be passed on to the Gulf states involved in this particular uh, debacle. Is that is that true? I mean, is that what you've heard? I just I probably know as much as you do just from an overview perspective. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think there's been any uh, bill that's been passed and signed, um, but I do understand that there are uh, it was an amendment to the transportation bill, perhaps. Um, that was approved, and I think it still needs. Uh, I'm not sure if it was done by the Senate, needs the House approval, or vice versa. But um, I, I do think there is, there and, is and it needs the president's signature too. It needs right, the president's signature. In that process. Okay, that's very interesting because uh, it's unique that the funds will be allocated to the Gulf states and, and and not to the entire you know 50 states, not to the federal you know coffers. So that's going to be a very uh, beneficial move if, if it can be passed and signed it'll be very beneficial for the gulf i would think so too i, I don't really uh know enough about it to probably speak intelligently but i, I think it would be uh, a, a big victory uh for the gulf states and whether it happens or not i, I don't really know but okay. I, I agree with your assessment that would be uh you know with, with with all the different things that have that have happened in the gulf that would be uh that would be a wonderful result for those gulf states I agree, Ron. 
Hey, Ron, could you help us out, please, by maybe shedding some light on what the next steps are for the settlement between BP and the claimants? Um, yes, I think that what uh, will happen is we'll take the agreement in principle that we've reached. It will be reduced to writing. Uh, that that work is, 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 is ongoing. Um, and then the transition process will turn into uh, a, a full-blown claims processing center under the new rules and court supervision. And, you know, without giving specific dates, I mean, I could say, you know, we, we want these things to happen as quickly as they can. And I think they, they will happen rather quickly. Um, the new claims processing will be up and running with uh, transparency, court supervision, uh, with, with formulas and rules that are out there for everybody to see. And, and uh, those who are within the class definition within the geography uh, can, can participate and hopefully uh, get their claims paid and, and move forward. I, I did not add this earlier, but I did just want to point this out. The, the claims process, for those who are familiar with class action cases, this is rather unusual. The claims made process is going to uh, begin immediately. Um, so the, the claims can be made and paid, uh, and they and they can and that can happen before there's a, uh, a preliminary approval or or, or, or or notice is complete. You know, there. In other words, the the legal class action process uh, can go on one track, and claims uh, can be paid, made and paid. Uh, on another, there, there's there's no waiting around to make sure that certain, uh, uh, you know, legal class action aspects in the court are done before the claims can be paid, and I think that's going to be very good for the claimants. Well, I'm sure that uh, as part of this plaintiff steering committee, you're you're very much involved in waiting on the judge to to make sure that he puts his stamp of approval on this process, that Pat Juno you know, can get his get started on his work, and. Uh, and you can get some of these people some of the relief they deserve. Well, absolutely. And I would be remiss if I didn't say what a what a wonderful job that the court and all the lawyers have done that, that to, for 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 Judge Barbier and Magistrate Shushan to to move this case from where it was to where it is now. I, I'm not sure I can think of any case in, in you know at, at any time that has moved with with this much much efficiency and this much speed and I just you have to credit uh you have to credit the court here for for moving this along and uh what a, you know just what a, what a fantastic job they've done you know and you said it before uh Ron and I think uh, I will close with this but it must be somewhat comforting to know that the process is going to be down in Louisiana where all this really began. And it's not up somewhere else in Washington or New York. It's right down where the people that were most affected. And uh, I, th- I think that's going to help everyone deal with it uh, maybe a little bit better. I think so, too. And again, what, you know, the, the, they're, they're impacted people in Louisiana and uh, even in a small part of Texas and Mississippi, Alabama, Florida, the Panhandle. I mean, I, you know, Again, the fact that it's going to be Gulf Coast based, I think, is a, is a big victory. And uh, you know, again, it goes back to, to what I said earlier. This is about the people who have suffered loss uh, wherever they are along the coast. So I think the the closer it can be, the better. Well, we wish you all the luck, and uh, I know you got a lot of work ahead of you. And uh, hopefully, it'll all work to the benefit of those folks to to get their lives back in order. And uh, Ron, if someone wanted to reach you, how would they do that? Oh, gosh, I, I believe our uh, com is out there, um, you know, and, and uh, with the Internet nowadays, they're, you know, it's, it's, it's fairly easy. So 
uh, that would be uh, probably the primary way to uh, to contact us. It's got all your contact information there, and it probably has information even about the, the, the spill and the settlement, I assume. It does. It does. Okay. And so uh, it, it, it's out there. Terrific. And, uh, Bob, how about yourself? If someone wants to reach you, how would they do that? Well, Larry, thanks. Uh, they could either go to www.ringlerassociates.com to find my webpage, or they could just call direct at 281 937 9090. Well, I want everyone out there to know that you can reach any Ringler Associate on ringlerassociates.com, and you can, of course, hear all Ringler radio shows on ringlerassociates.com or legaltalknetwork.com. Uh, I want you to know you can download those shows. You can listen to them on your iPod or anytime you want. It's a very convenient way to do it. And uh, I encourage you to do that and, and listen in. And sometimes when you hear a show more than once, you really get the essence of it. And, Ron, I want to thank you for joining us with your expertise. as It was very helpful today. Well, glad to do it. Uh, thank you for having me on. And, Bob, thanks for being a co-host. You were, you were great. Well, thanks, Larry. Appreciate it. And uh, to all of our listeners out there, let's go out and have a great day. Bye-bye. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to Ringler Radio, celebrating its seventh year on Legal Talk Network with over a million listeners. Ringler Associates, the first name in structured settlements. Visit ringlerassociates.com today.